Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with better help. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and dino expert, Taylor Sokol. Man, Taylor, you know what? Sometimes I feel like when we're talking about the summertime and, you know, of course, this is the summer movie season, that big blockbuster season. We got a movie coming out that uh, people have been anticipating for uh, quite a while now. And whenever this franchise pops up, you always want to take a look back and just, man, this has been one of those those franchises that has lasted for so long. It's almost like it's been 65 million years in the making. Um, <laughs> but, dude, 
yeah, are you excited for, you know, the one I'm talking about? We're going to obviously hint at it, even though people have seen the title on the podcast you're listening to, but um, you know what I'm talking about, right, Taylor? You know Top Gun about? Maverick. No, no, sorry. That's Jason it. Because yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise is that old now. Yeah, no, he he's looks not. Great. No, no, he looks uh, great. no, I know you're talking about it. It's Jurassic Park, of course. I mean, it's it's crazy to think, you know, we've got this next film coming out and this was going to be the perfect time for us to go back not maybe 65 million years ago, but to go back to where it all started uh, from the first film. You know what's crazy to think about? Jurassic Park will be 30 years old next year. <laughs> I know. We're, old, we're older than the movie. Not a little bit. Wow. Crazy. Old. But you know what, Taylor? There's so much to talk about with Jurassic Park. We got all these films. There's video games, arcade games. There's theme park attractions. There's so much. I don't think we can do it alone. No, and we don't want to. So uh, we decided to have a special guest today. I'm very excited about this guest. Uh, this gentleman, uh, I've known him since my college years, uh, and he still talks to me. He's a comedian, actor, voice actor, notably voice work for Fox and performer at the Pack Theater. Based in L.A., please welcome to the podcast today, Nick Ligger, everyone. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Nick. Welcome. How are you guys? I'm doing Good. well. Thanks Great for intro. On. I thought I was here to talk about the Mordecai cinematic universe, but I guess we can talk about <laughs> Jurassic Park is a good runner up. So That'll be the not? next one, maybe. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Next, <laughs> Sorry, next time we got the email mixed up here. But yes, <laughs> thanks yes. for joining us. And I, um, I appreciate it. I know our schedules. It's tough to do this, but we I was really excited to have you on. Uh, you know, you and I have nerded out and talked about so much. It was only natural. Uh, that we talk about uh, natural history of the this amazing franchise. So when I told you we were going to do this, you were like, yeah, sign me up. No, I know. And I, I was just telling you guys, it, it, this, this was a, a weird coincidence. I have been trying to digitize some old tapes for, you know, this this movie series is 30 years old. I've been wanting to digitize these tapes for 20 years. And then two months ago, my buddy lent me his VCR and he's like, yeah, you want like a demo tape just to plug in and plug into your TV? And I said, yeah, sure. And he gave me, as I hold up here and you guys can see on Zoom, this VHS copy of Jurassic Park. And I'm like, great, fine. So then Taylor, you asked me, do you want to do the podcast? And last night I was watching the tape is, can I swear on here? Is, you guys? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Yeah, yeah. So this tape, so this tape's fucked. And the, <laughs> the audio sucks. I don't know what my buddy Jeff did to this tape, but I was watching it like yesterday afternoon and I got about like 20 minutes in. Then I just ended up, you know, HBO maxing it. But man, to put this tape into a VCR and plug it into a television and like get the tracking and the and the static and the, oh man, what a trip. What a four by three formatted to fit your screen. <laughs> this fucking thing, my God. What what a trip down memory lane. For all those who are maybe a little confused for a younger audience, uh, before the days of oh. DVD, there was VCR, there was VHS tapes, and uh, we had to rewind the whole thing if you wanted to start it over. The top and bottom bars used to be left and right bars, kids. <laughs> Think about this. That's pretty incredible that uh, that coincidence happened. Actually, it makes me want to jump into my first question because this is how I always like to start with these topic episodes is if you can remember your memories of the first time of watching Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, for many, many people, stands out as like one of the top, you know, if not 10, maybe somewhere in the top 50 movies made of all time. It, it still holds up as the best of this franchise. It has never been outdone. Even with CGI getting better and better, 
some of the stuff just holds up the puppetry compared to what they could do at the time with CGI. But Nick, do you have memories of the first time you saw Jurassic Park, whether it was on the big screen or small screen? Well, I definitely saw it on the big screen when it opened in 93. I mean, I was prime age of that time because I was born in 1983. <laughs> so ah. so I, I was like prime kid at that time. Um, definitely remember seeing him and I, I it was, you know, probably one of the opening weeks. Um, but yeah, I saw it on the big screen. And I mean, I agree to me, because again, rewatching this thing, this is like, to this day, one of the, if not the quintessential, I mean, other than maybe Terminator and you, you know, you can argue a few, this, this is like the blockbuster of blockbusters to me. I mean, I don't, movies aren't big like this anymore. I mean, I know we have Marvel, but there's, I don't know. They just don't feel like this anymore. I agree with you in, in, in the sense that this is at a time where, like, I think for so many people, we're so used to so many movies now with so much CGI and the, the content, baby, that, we know, need content. We, need we got content. content going, you know, yeah. and yeah, we, we love watching the Marvel movies and DC and all these big movies they are doing today. And even, you know, stuff like this, Jurassic Park, that's continuing in Jurassic World. They've made it so that they can digitize and do the dinosaurs more than they could at this, this era when it was 1993. But this movie came out and no one had ever seen dinosaurs done this way. Yeah. Ever. Well, yeah, most of it like, was at the time it was like claymation. Motion. Yeah. Yeah. Or stop yeah motion. And that movie with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> Which we have. Uh, you know, talking I about. forget what it's called. Um, like, yeah, Rex I know what you're talking about. Or whatever the, yeah, fuck, yeah. the fuck it's called. Teddy Rex. Um, oh even like God. the, yeah, you think of like the dinosaurs, that TV show, the, the sitcom where it was people in these giant suits. You know, there had not been anything done that really made dinosaurs look real. And with a combination of incredible puppetry skills and the what was the, at that time, the height of CGI that they had, the movie still holds up so well. This is a total fucking sidebar. Have you guys watched the series finale of the TV show Dinosaurs recently? Not I'm recently, sure but has. No. I, know, I know you're talking about. That. You know what I mean, Taylor? Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh my god, it's it's chilling. Is it, isn't it the it's the comet, right? Yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah, so what happened? Yeah, because uh, for those of you, this will be another episode in the future, but we're gonna talk about all things dinosaurs. But it's so yeah, it's so so sad because it's like the ice age comes over and they're all just yes. sitting there like and it's like basically they they it was this whole climate thing, and they're like, Yeah, I guess you know, it'll we'll yeah, be this fine. just like for for some reason, yeah, came into my YouTube queue recently, and it's like I I, I loved that show, but yeah, it's like it gets real crazy and like the 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 comets coming and the the planet's all cold and like the the newscaster dinosaur guy he's like well i guess this is the end of the world so good night and good luck and goodbye forever and then they sign off and it's like the dinosaur earl just looks out the window and it's like well they're all going to die it's fucking chilling it's really crazy <laughs> yeah it's an insane thing to be on like tv in like 95 on ABC. especially this is uh, supposed to be a kid show <laughs> Yeah, it's on it's, it's on Disney Plus yeah. now. I think you can just watch it on Disney That's Plus. That's right. Yeah, exactly. But okay, thinking of that, thinking of like we we only knew dinosaurs in like oh the cutie Barney funny you know way or you know a little bit dark there or like because you would go to yeah a museum and see fossils and see bones. This is the first movie I can really think about uh, with, with as realistic as they could get where 
it's also the, the plot. It's this guy has found a way with so much money to clone and recreate dinosaurs as if it would be a theme park. Like imagine going to a theme park and instead of like a zoo, but instead of seeing lions and cheetahs, you're seeing a T-Rex and a brontosaurus. And that from, from a standpoint of if it was a hundred percent safe and reliable, that would be game changing because I think everyone has a point in their life. Mostly when you're kids, some people keep it through adults. Some don't. We're all fascinated by dinosaurs. This idea that there was these giant lizard creatures that roamed the world and they were the, you know, the thing and humans weren't alive during the time. And there's some people that are like, all oh, these fossil bones, those are fake. Uh, that's all a conspiracy theory. I'm like, okay. But if you really do love dinosaurs as a kid, do you think if you could go to a park one day and see them in person and they're actually real, that would blow your mind. It'd be the same like, you know, oh, now it, take my money. Yeah, take my money. You <laughs> I'm not going to college, you know. Fl uh, whether Florida or California, have either of you guys seen the, the Universal ride at least once? Oh, yeah. yeah, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I have not. God, Christ almighty. I lived in L.A. for, what, 12 years. I still haven't actually seen the one at Universal. But I went to the one in Florida when I was... I don't know, 12, 13, even knowing it's like, you know, it's a bunch of rubber dinosaurs. That ride blew my mind. It's like, it's like the coolest thing. It's true. And now they've, they've even updated some of the technology because now animatronics are getting better with what they do on rides. But yeah, to think like that would, that would literally blow your mind no matter what age you are. And so I think there is, there is that notion of Jurassic Park of the, the inner child, the inner wonder, the inner awe that this, this thing that should not be possible somehow is. And then the utter chaos of it all just completely being destroyed and the scary, oh gosh, we're now running for our lives from actual dinosaurs that are very hungry and want to kill you. You know, you mentioned about John Hammond being a rich guy launching this park. I had a good laugh watching the first, rewatching the first one. The funny thing is you pick up on all this adult stuff you know, like I said, I saw this movie and we all did when we were kids. And it's like, now you realize how funny all the stuff is about lawyers and investors. And it's like, Christ. But anyway, going back about John Hammond, the funny thing is, is this guy's got like, he start, he, he owns an island. He's making <laughs> yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a park. He lives in a fancy house. You see it in the second movie. And he shows up at, at Grant and Ellie's dig site. And it's like, oh, remember when I invested $50,000 into your dig site. I was like, what a paltry amount for this like quadrillionaire who remade dinosaurs. And he's like, I gave you 50,000 bucks. I was like, what a cheapskate. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll refinance your dig for three years. And, and <laughs> yeah. as we, as we were just talking about, and we'll, we'll get to a little bit. The thing that's funny is, uh, again, more of that adult humor that maybe you don't pick up as a kid. Alan Grant is always like, I will never do that. How much is that check? I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's like, uh, did you say money? I'll be there. Yes, he sells out like any of us would. He really does. And, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I get it. It probably is not the most uh, financially funded and rewarding job to be a dinosaur bone digger uh, unless you, you have some rich 
patron that's helping you. But it is funny to think like, yeah, this whole, what the plot of this movie is, which of course we have to give shout out to the wonderful book by Michael Crine and this uh, movie is based on, is because the park is possibly a dangerous place, hello, dinosaurs, real, that they have to, you know, we have this whole opening sequence with the Velociraptor eating one of the guards. What is such a great, what is such a great opening to go back Because you never, that. I love oh. that you don't see the, the, yeah, the it's raptor. Well, it's and, more just like. And giving to your, you know. Spielberg, you know, direction, just very similar to Jaws is like, you know, again, that was for a different reason, but to not see it until like later on and still throughout the film, it takes you forever to see even like a real like threatening dinosaur. I mean, you see the, the Brachiosaurus, but that first one, I mean, we always quote it, shooter! Like it was like, and I was shooter! like, yeah, Robert guy. Muldoon. I know, but um, it sets it up very great going back and watching this. And I remember as a kid, I'm just in awe of this. Um, it sets it up really great as like all these little things that they have to do and how they get all these characters together to get them on the island. I think it's like, it's just something magical, like well done and, and well rehearsed as to how they, these opening shots before they get to that island they have to okay the park they have to make sure okay you know obviously there's a lot of money put on this place but we can't you know anything like this if there was any kind of danger there would be lawsuits there would be all kinds of things and and having our lawyer characters like i'll shut you down hammond if it's not proven so he's like well i need dino experts to make sure that one that the dinosaurs are not only being taken care of and treated right their paddocks that they're in are fine and then having the wonderful and brilliant and beloved Ian Malcolm, this chaos expert uh, of being like, is this, is this park going to be fine? Or is there a chance that what you think can happen? And, you know, and it is, I love all these characters. You have, you have the potential romance with Grant and Ellie and him really not being a fan of kids and slowly having to become a kind of. And who is. I mean, it's a pseudo a great, father figure in great, there. It's such a great <laughs> ambiguous relationship because you're not really sure they're together. Even like Ian Malcolm was like, she's not available, is she? And he's like, uh, no, oh, right, sorry, right. you too? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't agree that Gold, you. Goldblum's uh, a, Goldblum is a revelation in this first oh, movie, yes. by the way. He really is. Um, he is the, it, it's so funny. I, think, I always think about this because it makes me think of uh, Jerry Seinfeld rocking that hair for nine seasons on Seinfeld. It's not his best hairdo, and yet for some reason he, this is his, this is like his sex appeal day. This is like him. Oh him, my god! Him being injured and just on that thing laying there with the chest open. There's posters of that, you know, and many <laughs> they, people. They had a statue. I was rewatching this movie. I'm like, I'd fuck this guy. <laughs> this, this, this dude. This is like prime. This is prime Goldblum. Primo, dude. I'm just primo prime Goldblum. Like you. this guy is a rock star. Yeah. And it is true. You have this band of characters that are there to figure out what's going on at the park. Then you have the two grandkids and, you know, one's really into dinosaurs and him having to play into Grant. But then you also have the people like running the park. We have our hilarious Wayne Knight coming in here, who is a slob and a mess, but secretly he's on this mission, which is a big part of this franchise of how do we steal these embryos so that another company can make dinosaurs because this is such a money-making business. Yeah, Dotson, Dotson, we got Dotson here. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Oh my God, that scene. Samuel Jackson, you know. Oh, what, a, what role a great little role for him too yeah. in this film. Um, yeah, it, it's just a great cast. So you combine all this humor, uh, great character work, what the all positions are for, and then you tie into the fact that there is some just wonderful moments. Like the first, 
that scene when you first see the big like brontosaurus and the way john williams music just like scores and and sails and you're just like holy crap you're just like there with the characters you're like wow i'm watching a real dinosaur right now this is crazy it's crazy and and again once again i'm talking about like just how good of a blockbuster this is even though the, the that first like brontosaurus uh you know kind of intro might not even be the best cgi in this movie which by the way the combination of the cgi and the uh the animatronics oh. is just and a shout out Bar to Stan, none. To Stan yeah. Winston. What a revelation. Yeah. Absolutely. 30 years later, and the only movie I can think of that I think even kind of compares where I'm like, oh, that looks pretty real, was Iron Man. Was the only one I could think of in like 30 years that really holds up. And coincidentally, that's Stan Winston Studios too. It's the same damn people. But man, nothing, nothing looks better than the combination of real and CGI in this movie. But, but anyway, I, I was having that thought is even though the, that, that first reveal of when they see, you know, the, the, the dinosaurs, um, maybe not the best CGI in the movie, but just as far as like a blockbuster goes and like the whole, the whole walk up to that reveal of like getting to the Island, the sweeping shots and they're on the helicopter and you meet these characters and they're also interesting or charming or you just you know who they are and they're getting into this island and then they're on the jeeps and they're driving up and just the whole build-up to the reveal of showing the dinosaurs for the first time is like it it felt even re-watching it it felt one of it felt like one of the best like leading up to reveals it's very rewarding of like here's what the movie is in a blockbuster i've ever seen like spielberg god bless this guy it's so expertly done like this is he's steven spielberg for a reason and that seems to be something that's hard to do in, in films these days that they don't know how to in within a two-hour film they don't know how to really flesh out characters even like from characters that don't that much in there like even the lawyer you know he gets killed off but we we love we kind of love his character he's not really a bad guy but right you get he's him, funny you get all these characters i mean and i think that's what's very challenging to do that in that short amount of time before the action really starts to kick in is that expensive? Yeah. Then put it back. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, like, yeah, I like that. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even that. Heavy. Even that dinner scene after they've gone through, and you know, he's like, "How did you do this?" He's like, "I'll show you." Showing the science behind it, like we had to fill in the DNA gaps of you know the mosquitoes that we found in the amber, and this is how we were able to like create the dino eggs and all the stuff. Then have like the whole di dinner sequence, and I love that. Like, then it like do you think this can work? And like the lawyer starts to see the money uh, capability of this place. He's like, we'll have a coupon day. He's like, this is going to be a coupon bucks. day. He's like, just a, 10 minutes ago, I'll shut you down, Hammond. And now he's like, we're going to make so much money here. So yeah. like, I love how even then he turns and then we're getting the chaos theory from, from Malcolm. And what leads up to what I, I want to say is, you know, the, one of the best sequences of film history and in terms of especially the puppetry, because there is some CGI involved in the sequence, but what is one of the best sequences of this movie, best sequence of this franchise, best sequence of Hollywood, period. The first time we see the T-Rex oh. is in terms of a horror, uh, action, thrilling. Is oh, it's one scary. Of the best sequences. And it, it is intense. And I just love it. you see the goat. And he's like with the night vision. What happened to the goat? And we just see the goat leg land well, on the just, car. Even just like the oh. just the water drop. Like you still think about yes. that. Boom. Iconic. Like, 
and like no yeah. music needed, just sound effects. Yeah, and even though there's CGI involved, it really is. It's the fact that they built that big ass rubber <laughs> dinosaur. It's like it's really effective. And it's like, you know, I know, like I said, we, you know, I know that things are enhanced, but for the most part, yeah, they got this big honking, you know, prop there, th this animatronic dinosaur. And man, when you put some rain on it, you dim the lights on that soundstage and you got a flare reflecting on the inside of its, you know, flapping mouth. It's scary looking. It's scary looking 30 years later. And it's like, you know, Jaws is effective. I don't know if it's scary. Jurassic Park is fucking scary. Yeah. Those rubber dinosaurs are scary. Claws kind of break over the fence. And like, even like, I love how it, it yeah. it'll, the head will go down and you see the eye is like really big and then it gets yeah. small as the light goes on it. And also the sound effects, yeah. they mixed like elephant noises with tiger noises with like, they mixed all these animal noises to make this, it's such a deep bellow of its growl. But then when it has its- Oh, it's guttural. It's intense. Some, and you're something just like, I noticed. So good. Something I noticed on the rewatch of, I don't know if it was the same people, maybe not. I didn't IMDB it. Whoever did the sound effects for the T-Rex in Lost World apparently forgot what they did in the first one. Because I was like, where's the, I'm not feeling oh, it in the chest. Same. Yeah. It didn't sound the same at all. Well, that's, you bring up a good point of, again, why this movie holds up the, the best of the franchise. is like just rewatching this week, getting to Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Even that, like the T-Rex is completely CGI. They didn't do any puppetry work with pretty much all right. the dinosaurs. And it's so noticeable. There's CGI you, in oh, the scene, especially when, it, when the, the, the T-Rex has to run or walk a lot. It's going to be CGI. They, got, they were able to use puppetry a lot for the up-close shots. Obviously, when it's attacking the car, a lot of that is puppetry, and it is so effective because these kids are just getting the shit scared out of them. And then I love that, you know, Alan Grant being the, you know, smart dino experts, like, don't move. If you don't move, it won't see you. And Malcolm's an idiot at that point and uses the <laughs> flare. Um, yeah, and the, just to it's see like, no, you fool. Just to see the lawyer like stuck on the toilet. Oh my God. You gotta go. The mix of humor, like it's still a horror scene because the T-Rex is about to attack, but that little bit of humor, like they're looking at the T-Rex the attacking the car. Now Grant's looking all scared. And then Ian Malcolm was like, and he he's starts wi He's wiping, wiping the fog up windshield. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because he's talking where, so much. It's so like funny. And even though the lawyer, oh, he gets killed in such a bad way, it's just funny to see like him on the toilet, like so scared. And at that moment, the T-Rex just looks like a big cat being like, ooh, a play toy. And then, yeah, well, oh. well, when you, when you got to go, you got to go. And of course, and of course, when he gets eaten off the toilet, that's everybody's favorite childhood scene. It's like, oh, oh the dinosaur gosh. ate man on toilet. Oh, yeah. The funniest thing I've ever seen. And it's the kid. lawyer, the blood sucking lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even though you don't know what quite know what a lawyer is when you're a kid, yeah. you're oh, like, yeah. I just know that I hate this man. And, and, and I know that I don't know what it is, but I know that I hate bureaucracy. He's not a good guy for some reason, and we're gonna go with yeah. that theory. Uh, but leading to other scenes where, obviously, from this point in the movie, it's like crap. Now we're now we're out in the park. The fences are down. This T Rex could be anywhere, and we have to survive. Um, I love the tree sequence with Tim and the tree. is a very intense sequence. Um, Nedry getting his due. Uh, you know, he's he's another character where you're like, 
if you do if you do any kind of thing in this franchise where you want to make money off of these dinosaurs you're not gonna you survive. eventually will die and we haven't had this dinosaur back i think it's maybe going to come back in dominion but the little dinosaur that can open its its frills and spit you know venom pus the dilophosaurus yes oh that scene is great because i love how it, it does look kind of small and cute but it's dangerous as hell like oh my god as soon god. as it what rolls out got? yeah it's got oh. it's got that fruit roll up neck oh, and, 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 wayne knight, and wayne knight scream yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like i'm like <laughs> yeah. like trying to like i can get new glasses yeah, I, and he's what do you want what do you want you got a stick, so stick? I, yeah i got four stupid. more glasses <laughs> I, I know we uh, I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier before the call and yes, uh, listeners will talk about this, how uh, I don't remember almost anything about Jurassic World. But nonetheless, it does seem that from posters, I think that the Lophosaurus is coming back. Right. It, like you I said. think in, in Dominion, because there's um, a little snippet where there's a, little there's a moment in Jurassic World where they, they the the new big uh, hut that, you know, the big center dome that is like where you go for information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's they, like a, a there's at one point a screen, you know, it's all, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hologram, hologram, hologram pops yeah. up and you see uh, that dinosaur. Right. But that's a great death scene. And the, that, the chase sequence out on the big planes where the, um, uh, a gal, a gal, a gal, a minus, <laughs> you know, that sequence. And, and I still have, you seen the T-Rex hunt and he's like, you ever look at birds differently? And I love that. Again, there's a lot of science in this movie for it being like. There really is. There's, for it being a movie about dinosaurs being well, cloned and like reworked. They really brought in like Jack Horner. They brought in all these like real life experts because they wanted. I mean, again, this is as best we can do. And then we'll talk about this. But you notice in all the films, when new things develop, they updated the films to reflect, you know, the science. And so like, oh, oh we yeah, found, you know, which was great. But. Then we get to this back half of this film where the horror continues, and we've been the raptors. Mm-hmm. We finally get the raptors. My, my second favorite part of this film is the velociraptors. This is probably if the T Rex is the icon of Jurassic Park, the velociraptors are like a fan favorite for a lot of people because they are one incredibly smart, very fast. They have that big claw on their foot. Um, there's something about the way they have their noise too, the kind of like barking that they do. They're just so fun to watch. I love how they're, it's, they're so it's very like fast. alien. It reminded me like yeah. going back and after seeing Alien when I was a lot older and going back in it, it's yeah. like horror to the max is very alien. Like the fact that how they're fast, they come out of nowhere and and they work together to hunt out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that yeah. kitchen Dude. scene is so iconic. Like the kitchen Ugh. scene is so is so bottle, and that it reminds you of like well, like they're on the ship an alien. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's like well. We're stuck here for the foreseeable future in, the, in that scene. It's a great scene. And that's another great combination of the prosthetics, uh, the, the animatronics, rather, and the CGI. It's like, you know, it's a little, you know, maybe a little noticeable, of course. But, man, it just, it, it holds up better than most movies now. And it, it looks better, really, than any Jurassic Park that's come since, frankly. I mean, even them jumping on top of the the tables in the kitchen. It just... How does this look so good still? I will say the Raptors from like Jurassic Park 3 through the last two movies have looked better because of the CGI. They look more realistic and better than like the T-Rex does. The T-Rex is the one that just stands out for me. It's not looking great in the world movies for some reason. They put more money into the, the other characters. But 
They've had a lot of good texture to the Raptors, yes. I will say, over time. And they've, yes. they've changed colors and stuff, and yeah. I love that they're trying to play more with, like, the scales and, like, what they would look like. That is the blue up. one and all that. The, yeah. yeah. Um, but that movie, Jurassic Park, I mean, clearly, it it just has it set the standard, and it has remained just one of these all-time great blockbusters. It's still the best of the franchise. Nothing's nothing's outdone Jurassic Park, and I don't think nothing ever will. Even with us now, we're going to be going out of the park. Uh, Dinosaur is going to be in our neck of the woods. And clearly, when a blockbuster does very well and makes good money, there's going to be sequels because Hollywood loves money. So now we're going to we're going to kind of dive into two and three here kind of as a pair Two, I think there's an it's a nostalgia thing of why I like moments in the lost world because I, I do like also again I think they had some strong characters you know you got Pete Postlewaite there as like the ultimate hunter that wants he's to the one, he's like man. I'm there to take down the T-Rex and I like that idea of Muldoon came off as a guy who knew what he was doing, but not really because he, <laughs> clever girl, gets eaten so bad. He comes off like a guy who really knows what he's doing. And then we have this idiot guy who's taken over John Hammond's company. Oh, his, and- his nephew. And like you're like, okay, this guy needs to go. <laughs> the nice thing about Pete Postlewaite's Roland Tembo character is that unlike Muldoon, he actually gets to live. Like Muldoon's fun, but like he's all in Game Hunter. I like that they... Look, dude, Lost World is is almost it's a complete retread of the first in many, many ways. But at least they tweak certain things like this character has conflict and he realizes that he's like, I've I've seen too much violence and I'm out. And I kind of like that he lives. And also speaking of he lives, where the fuck does Vince Vaughn go? Where is where's Nick Van Owen? I know. Yeah, exactly. We never know. He's just gone. They get off the island and and he's gone. Yeah. I kind of do hope like in Dominion, we get all these, like, even if it's just cameos at the end, show us where some of these, because they're still alive. Yeah, I, would, we I think would like somewhere. some Tim back. Give me a cheap cameo. <laughs> but you know, it felt yes. like they were like, okay, we have, uh, we had one T-Rex in the first movie. Well, now we're going to have two T-Rexes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and, you know, again, this is cool. Like, oh, we get site B. Site B is where they make the dinosaurs and then they take the dinosaurs and bring them to the park. Site B was hit by a hurricane. So, a lot of the labs are all destroyed. So I like that. Whereas the first movie is you still have the kind of niceness of the park before it gets all destroyed. And they, were still, and they still kind of knew where they could be protected. There was like right. still like this it's one. It's creepy. There's nothing. Kind of, it's overgrown, very like Skull Island King Kong-esque. Yes. And, and it is, like I said, it is a retread of the first one. But yes, at least we do see the consequences of the first film. Because sometimes, especially in the 90s, it's like, a lot of the sequels of movies, the first, the 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 predecessor had almost no consequences on the sequel. It's just like, eh, we're making a new one because we have to, and it's toyetic. As opposed to this, it's like you at least they they uh, acknowledged everything that happened in the first one. And now we're adding more dinosaurs and adding a little different level of threat. Which that opening scene with the girl on the beach and the little copy the the copies the Comstock Nathans, those things. Oh man! And then the when they kill um, one of my favorite uh, villain actors. Um, Peter Stormare. Yeah, Peter Stormare. I just love that scene yeah. when he's running away from these things, and it's like you shouldn't mess with the first one. They talk. <laughs> yeah, again, if you're if you are either in it for money <laughs> or you're bad to the dinosaurs, you're gonna get your comments, and it's a great sequence. You're done. And if you're Vince Vaughn, you get to walk away. Yeah, because yeah. he was good. He was good. 
He's a nice guy. He was in Swingers. Come on. Yeah. But there there are some good sequences in the film. I think it's it's it is like okay, we we had to go bigger, you know, uh, for for some people they see it just like uh, the first movie set the standard so well, we have to go bigger with sequences. So like although it 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 to me goes on for way too long, the sequence of the the big RV thing going over the cliff and the two T-Rexes coming to hunt uh because they want their baby back. Poor Eddie gets just he tried in half. Yeah. He got half a deal. Um yeah. is uh it goes on for like too long, but you could tell they were like the technology has, has gotten a little better now. So we're really trying to put into this more CGI or the CGI. We don't get the raptors to like really the the like the 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 big kind of climax on the island sequence, but it is iconic to me. The don't go into the long grass and everyone goes to the long grass. <laughs> And just seeing that shot of like you see them slowly hunting is such a cool sequence, and I love that. Yeah, <laughs> they all just get taken out one by one. It's so this good. this movie to me to me this movie. I I actually I I find myself defending this movie often when people yeah, talk about okay. Jurassic Park movies. I actually really like this movie. Like I said, retread. I get it in a lot of ways. The the, the entire most of it is fine. I really, really enjoy it. I think it's fun. It's bigger scale, but the entire film is all worth it for the last 20 minutes. It It is. As soon as that dinosaur shows up in San Diego and it becomes a King Kong Godzilla movie, it is all, the entire movie is all worth it. It's so much fun. It's a great, it's a great final act. I don't know why people, a lot of people don't like the T-Rex in San Diego sequence. And I'm like, I love that is the whole point of why this engine group is an idiot. The sequence of yeah. them being out at the dock and they're like, what we're going to do with this park in San Diego and then we'll build one in Orlando. It's going to change things. And they're like, the boat's coming really fast. That to me is so like, it's like Dracula. Like we're having this giant cruise ship looking thing. Just you know like, what's interesting though? It's a weird plot hole too. Cause I always wonder about that. Cause like, where's the crew all over the place, but what happened to the crew? It's never really discussed, you know, like did Raptors come in? Did the pterodactyls come in? I, I think it's the, it's the, the infant T-Rex attacks them or I, something. I, right? No, Cause that be. was still in San Diego. The, the, the area got the, yeah. It, it is it's weird. Yeah. Weird... Then it's like, is there a Raptor on? I, it is we never weird. never explained that, but I will. Yeah. I will the say T-Rex, the yeah. T-Rex demolished them all and then went back inside and just, and took and a just laid there. <laughs> took a nap um, yeah um but it is creepy right you're seeing this thing just like crash into the dock and right. you're like oh crap <laughs> but everywhere. when the t-rex gets out and like roars at the skyline of the city you're like all right i'm in for the next 18 minutes like come on how couldn't you be and i will say about the humor i really found myself laughing a lot in this film first of all uh, Jeff Goldblum as the dad, the neurotic dad actually cracked me up because he has his great lines like, Ooh, ah, that's all starts and then running and screaming, you know, yeah. and all these little, <laughs> these little comments, like he's just because he's so dry. And then just some of the, he like, know he's already been through it once. So, yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, but uh, I really loved him, uh, that humor and just a lot of the little things. And then <laughs> how old were you? And to realize I went back and watched this when <laughs> the great scene of this is a nineties film where the bus where the bus goes right into the blockbuster and you see posters for made up movies Arnold Schwarzenegger and King Lear and then Jack and the Beanstalk's Robin Williams I didn't realize those were fake movie titles just made for the film that that's that's I was gonna say was that was that I did notice that now that you say that there was one fake movie it was like a kung fu movie and there was one in the background and it was 
Robin Williams, was it the movie Jack or did they make no, it Jack in the, the Beanstalks? Beanstalks. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, That's funny. Yeah. So just a little fun fact about that. I realized those were, yeah. Co coincidentally, coincidentally, I don't know, Chris, if you uh, are, are, are familiar with the area, but I, I had to Wikipedia because I was like, this looks familiar. All the San Diego stuff almost exclusively was shot in Burbank. Not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So Not like surprised. when they're when they're running down the street, I I noticed I was like, okay, all right. First of all, gas is 109. So Ugh. fuck off. <laughs> but so they're running down the street, and I'm like, this looks familiar. And then I realized they're running down San Fernando. And once I saw the uh, Burbank Fuddruckers, I'm like, oh, we're in Burbank. That's the Fuddruckers. And see, the most of the world, they wouldn't know the difference. But rest in peace, by the way, Burbank. You didn't think we do, but we do. Closed. Oh, it did. <laughs> pandemic. Sad. But yeah, it's 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 like not as good as the first movie, but to no. me, in the pantheon of, of the five line. films so far, it's still my second favorite of the group. I do like the ending when again the nephew being an idiot. He's like, oh, He's so dumb. let me go down and I'll find the baby. Uh, you freaking moron. And then I, let me just throw boxes at you. Like, no, wait, wait. So yeah, stupid. you're going to reason with this T-Rex. Of all the things you could have done to try to escape, that was not the best way. But it is a cute ending of like, the T-Rex is like, here, I'll just bite his leg. Here, baby, you now do your pouncing lesson. Right. And it's one of those like, you can't ever, you, you never look at the T-Rex or the Raptors or any of them as bad because that's just their that's their, their they nature. They really humanize the T Rexes in this. Film. Yes, and the ending is really touching. Of like, yeah, let's leave the island alone. It's a sanctuary for them to live. Nature will find its way. Obviously, when a carnivore needs to eat, it will. But it's like they're not on a killing spree. And like, we see the two of them with the baby, and you're like, what a great way to end. And it, it's such an interesting shot of like these creatures will live in peace. And like the pterodactyls, like, <laughs> and then the movie ends. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's okay. like, oh, the next they'll fly. As far as these, as far as this goes, it's like, yes, you, you, you feel the whole nature thing. It's like, there's a lot, they make a lot of great points about like nature and man fucking with, you know, God and all that stuff. It's a whole different theme. Like with the first yes. one's more horror and this one is a little bit more humanizing and conservation. Yeah. By the second one and by that end, you really are cheering for the T-Rex. It's like, not that they weren't misguided people in the first one, but by the second one, you're like, I want this T-Rex to eat that stupid nephew so fucking bad. And I love that that is a tradition we'll, we'll definitely continue uh, later on. But, you know, before we get to our break here, we do need to discuss the last Jurassic Park film, at least it's in this title. One that I do think has, it has good moments in it. It is the it worst film to me of the, or it's, it's, if it's not the worst film, it's definitely in the bottom two. Jurassic Park 3, uh, which Spielberg did not direct himself, uh, that was passed on to Joe Johnston. I think he did stay on though, of course, as a, a producer. This one, it, again, it's it's the plot device of how we get Alan onto the island is a little dumb because- It's very rushed too. It's, well, this movie is only nine minute, 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's, so a brisk, it's a brisk watch. It's, a, it's, it's a like, a, we're going to get right through it. And I wonder if it was just that the time period they were like, there's so many movies where we do want to get straight to the action. And they, at this point, people know about the dinosaurs. So we have to just move on. I, I think a little bit more breath in the beginning would have been nice, but I do, I get the plot device of, Oh, our son is stranded on the Island and we want to go find him. We should go hire the guy who's already been through this. Makes not sense. Knowing it's on the wrong Island. But again, as me and Taylor were talking about this week, rewatching, I just love, he's like, 
no amount of money will get me back on that island. I can write these days later. <laughs> I can write any number on this check, and we see Alan's eyes light up, and I'm like, this dude will do anything for money. Also, yeah. this is before this is before internet was easy just to hop on a phone. Like, would you not look up Kirby Enterprises? Like, <laughs> no, yeah. no right, like, right. I will say one thing I noticed in the very, very opening of this movie. The dinosaurs, and we're just talking about all the CGI and everything in the first movie, and even in the second one, is so good. In the opening of the third movie, that parasailing that they're doing, where the 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 adult dude is holding on to the kid who gets locked, this is some of the worst green screen I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. I was just watching it. It's like this is like this could be on Sci-Fi at three thirty p.m. and I would be like, all right, fine. Well, this is it looks like shit. This is where the budget went to there. There's a couple sequences where I think the budget went to the most and it was not that. Uh, but I do like William H. Macy in this movie. I hate T. Loney in this movie, but I like William H. Macy. He is that like perfect. He, he's not a con man. He's just a father doing what he thinks is best. And the dorky, the dad. nerdy, no yeah. dorky dad uh, getting Alan Grant on. And then we have, uh billy in there uh as his like assistant who he kind of ends up being a little bit of the greedy character that kind of makes up for at the end yeah but we were introduced to this is where i i i wasn't happy with this choice i still am not happy with this choice even though at times it's a cool looking dinosaur i still not over it because the t-rex is king you can't just kill off the king in the first 20 minutes of this movie and then I'm going to be pissed right. that the, the T-Rex What's is What's the dead. new big one called in this one? Spinosaurus. The Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus, that's it. Yeah, um, thank you. And the thing is, if this is Site B, where was the Spinosaurus all in part two? It wasn't there because they didn't think about the Spinosaurus then. They thought right. we need a bigger, scarier dinosaur for part three because- just And he's not as about, scary as the T-Rex? Kind of lame looking. And it, 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 with the fin and everything, they clearly say like in the science part, it would be good in rivers. It could swim, but it just, I, I appreciate that at least they did keep the uh, the animatronic idea. They they kept with like a puppet for as much as they could, and most of it is actually puppet for the Spinosaurus. It's all of these up close shots, but him killing the T Rex like so quick, I was just pissed. I've never forgiven him for that move, and I hated that. Having said that, moving forward. Where the where the budget goes, where the budget was like king in this movie was the Raptors. The Raptors are awesome in this movie. First yeah, they off, look good they have, in this movie. A couple of them have like the feather thing, so they've kind of evolved a little bit. We have the one that's like all white with a little bit of uh, you know specks on them and stuff. Those are cool. I think they did the Raptors very well uh, with the CGI. Looks really awesome. And the whole stealing of the eggs. Billy, you idiot. That's going to haunt so us the whole movie. We know that. So... Uh, I will admit, I will admit during most of the rewatch of this, as I started to like, you know, I was trying to like kind of power through like at least the first three. And as, as we started going to this one and three has never been particularly interesting to me. And so I started trailing off and I was like, Taya Leone. And I'm on my phone and I'm like, ah, yes, the late 90s sitcom on NBC, The Naked Truth. Then I just started watching like promos for The Naked Truth. And I'm like, ha, 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 funny, funny. Then like the movie's almost halfway over by the time I get back to paying attention. I'm like, oh, I've been watching NBC commercials for the last hour in the, at 3.30 a.m. She's so annoying in this because she's- She really she, is. And I like her, but she is. In she's this. a yeah, great is, actress. Yeah. yeah. She's really, written to be the, the, the bumbling idiot who, you know, we're literally in the middle of an island with the dinosaurs anywhere. That, and there's one that's literally hunting us the entire movie. And all you do is- Eric, 
ah, and she's just screaming the whole time. And I'm like, God, you're annoying. And, and that's where this, and then, you know, going back and you know watching this and doing the research, you know, realized that there were so many rewrites and stuff. They hadn't actually finished the script while they were still filming them. And it shows. And it's like, that's why I think it would have been better if it was a little longer and you develop more of the characters because you don't care about any of these characters. The little military guys, they get killed, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Noodle from uh, Elmo's world, uh, he gets killed off. Uh, I but, know. But it's a really good scene, though. I do love that scene with the raptors. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they, they, that little trap. It's a trap. Like, oh, he's still alive. Yeah. And then they, like, snap his neck. I'm like, ooh, all right. But I, I read that. Yeah, Joe Johnson was like, yeah, we showed up with, like, a, a, a like a, a, an outline. Yeah. <laughs> we just shot it. It's like, dude, what? I know. It's like uh, the three of us could have done a great job on the fly. Right. You know? Yeah. It just, so, yeah, that's where I think what makes a good Jurassic Park film what failed here is not so much the budget stuff but the human element you don't really care about the characters and there's just it just doesn't make sense some of the stuff and some of the stuff's a little goofy like the Spinosaurus can bust through this thing but oh a steel door with only a couple locks oh, I can't get through that you know little, little and thing. also don't forget we're we're two sequels in like I said they're all they're thinking of is how toyetic can we make this how much merch can we sell the producers now all think they're creatives because this is how sequels work. You've got sort of that type where it's like, now there's that, there's that thought, which we've all seen on, you know, and they even kind of do little bits of it in the new movies, but there's, the, there's, there's that guy in the office where it's like, well, you know, this is the movie where we're going to do the dinosaur human hybrids. They're going to become one. There's that guy talk. And, and it's like, you can just see the meddling that happens. It's like when you get to Spider-Man three, you can see all the meddling that's happening. And it's, it's a shame because I do think, again, there's some great moments in this movie that are terrifying. Like the whole, the giant bird sanctuary that the pterodactyls live in is very intense because they're so big. And, and obviously foggy. their beaks their beaks are scary. They have sharp teeth, their claws. It's an intense, and like all the walkways yeah, the scope are demolished. the scene is fun. And it's huge. That's a great sequence. Again, the raptors chase them is a great sequence. I yep. like, yes, that scene when they're like, it's Alan and the kid, he, you know, he, the kid saves him and he's on one side of the fence. And then you have William H. Macy and the wife on one side. And then they hear the phone go off. And I just love it. It's enough for them to have to have a dramatic turnaround. And then the Spinosaurus is just standing there like, hey, what's up? And then he starts to chase them. I'm like, the thing would just start attacking them. It would not have like, it should have been, should have been, uh, they should have dubbed. I'm going to go back and dub Mark Wahlberg. Go, How's it going, guys? Yeah, I was yeah. trying to catch up to you. Yeah, how's your dinosaur? How's your dinosaur mother doing? How's your mother? And they have that thing that Billy made that was like the a copy of the windpipe, the vocal pipe of the Velociraptor. Oh, and oh yeah. yeah. Somehow Alan Grant knows how to speak Velociraptor. Um, the ending, you you have the whole boat sequence with it's the Spinosaurus. So rushed. Very rushed. It's very fast and rushed, and it doesn't even like die. It just kind of has fire on him, and then it leaves, and we never see it again. The Velociraptors, yeah. they, they, we never see that again, which I was like, what happened? That that thing would have just come right back to kill them. No, fire scared it off. Okay, the big <laughs> monster's done. Then the raptors show up, and it's like, give them the eggs, give them the eggs. And then it's like, and they all go, <laughs> oh, shit, they're one of us. We better get out of here. It's so rushed. And then they have the army show up, like Ellie called in the army somehow? The army. Well, to be what? fair, watching again, her her husband works for the State Department, so I that's think true. that was so, the, the title. Oh, but that's still, a good point. But still, and like I think we we think like how long to get to the other island? It could have been a day or two or something like that. Yeah. But it was a little like kind of like rush, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I do, I do like that at least there was some, you know, some some hesitance from Ian Malcolm in Lost World, even though he eventually goes back like a fucking idiot. At least there was some hesitance. Yeah, it, I agree. In this movie, Alan Grant's just like, I'll never go. Dan, 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 dan. He's back. And it's like, come on, dude. Cue for yeah. idiot. music. And clearly, because that overall wasn't as uh, received positively as the other two, this is where we have our break in the film series and how convenient let's take a quick break and when we'll come back we're going to talk about jurassic world welcome back to jurassic earth in a primeval world dinosaurs rule the land with the latest technological program inspired by the Engine Corporation, we can now take a look back at these incredible creatures through the digital landscape. Today, we take a look at one of the more interesting species of dinosaurs. They were mostly found in the Goldblum forests, which are now present-day Pennsylvania. Using our digital goggles, we can now see a set of three Malcomimus before us. The Malcolmimus stood nearly seven feet tall, the glorious-shaped skull, resembling that of an 80s pompadour. Perhaps the most unique trait of the Malcolmimus was their communicating skills. If we listen in, we can translate what they were saying. Uh, uh, yes, wow. Uh, good leaves. Good leaves today. Very good. Yummy <laughs> in my tummy. Uh, love a good salad. Salad, yes. Oh, you see that 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 run yesterday? Well, a, a tired, uh, sore, uh, and a, a um, uh, dino dino sore. Yes, <laughs> dino dino sore. <laughs> Di- dinosaurs, dinosaurs. <laughs> Early theories of the Malcolmimus detect that its species had a protective side stronger than most dinosaurs. As if it could predict and analyze the chaos of the primeval world. Uh, well, guys, you, you you know what that is, uh, don't you? That's that's uh, oh, that's that's an impact tremor. A uh, big old uh, uh, sexy Rex is coming our way. <laughs> oh, he's coming. Ah, uh, yeah. Then we uh, should uh, really uh, get going here. Uh, must go faster. Must go faster. Mm, yeah, sonic. Guys, uh, were you saying something? Guys, uh, see. Here I'm now by myself, uh, talking to myself. That's that's chaos theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As our research continues, we learn more and more about these brilliant creatures and the unique way of looking at life itself. You two were uh, so preoccupied with whether or not you could. You didn't uh, stop to think uh, if you uh, should. How? <laughs> you get it? Look, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but when you gotta go... You gotta go. Ah, uh, well, uh, there it is. For the Malcomimus, life found a way. This has been Jurassic Earth with your host, David Attenborough.
All right, everybody. We've got Jurassic World Dominion coming out this summer. And if it's as big a hit as we hope, Universal is going to want us to be ready for the next entry. Well, isn't this last film supposed to close out the franchise for good? I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. Come on, this franchise has so much potential. Look at Tom Cruise with the Impossible series. Vin Diesel with the Fast and Furious. This franchise will not go extinct. But really, where can we go from here? I think people are dynoed out. All I'm hearing is negative Nancys around here. But I'm glad you brought that up, Greg. I've brought in a guy to help us out in our hour of need. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercups. It's do or die, sink or swim time, and we need our lifeguard. Come on, he comes highly recommended, and the studio says he's in high demand. Wait, how long do we have? When does he arrive? He should be here any moment. Hey, all right there. How's everybody doing? Pleasure to meet you, Zoll. The name's Kip Crap. That's K-I-P-K-R-A-P-P. -P -P. I am so excited to work with you. Boy, have I got some big ideas. Well, actually, we were just saying how we think we've wrapped up the franchise pretty well so far. What? That's crazy talk. Crazy talk, I tell you. I got some big ideas. These are crap ideas. Buckets full of ideas. Buckets. We're gonna need to put some buckets down to catch all this. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Excuse me. Did you just say buckets full? You bet your sweet onion rings I did. Listen, I've got ten scripts here ready to go. Three trilogies, one spinoff, or a spinoff hit streaming show. Listen, you do the math. I got two words for you. Dinosaur-human hybrids. You get what I'm laying down here? Two things, okay? One, that was three words. And secondly, what? You see, you take a human, and then you take a dinosaur, and you... You put them together, you see? And Viola, dinosaur-human hybrid. It's like, yeah, Frankenberg's monster. It's brilliant. I don't know about that. Okay, okay. Here's another one. In this next film, the humans and the dinosaurs, they have sex. It's a dino rom-com. It's going to be nuts. We already have Randy Newman playing the music. I haven't called him yet, but I think he'll agree to it. Did he actually just say that? Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, and think of the merch. Because we need the toys. We've got to sell toys, baby. Merchandising, people. Toys? Toys! It's toyetic. The humans and the dinosaurs are coming together in more ways than one. Mass hysteria, Legos, action figures, dolls, my little uh, dino Lincoln logs. Well, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. And in this one, the raptors are trying to find the Ark of the Covenant with Nick Cage. Well, now we're just remaking and combining movies here. Jeez. Well, 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 now wait a minute. Think of it uh, not like that. See, it's not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's not a reuse. It's a re break. We're breaking the mold here, people. Blockbuster. It's a breakbuster. Here, I got four words for you. Dinosaurs in space. Huh? Let me set the stage for you. Interior, Area 52, day. 
spacemen in suits, flying saucers. But then instead of more dinosaurs, they get dodo DNA and make an army of dodo dino birds to take over the world. And these things are freaking big. I mean, they're flying everywhere. They walk. They can get in the water. They drive a car now. These are dodo birds, but they're smart because they're dodo dinos. You see, and this is when you mix the DNA, you get a mixture. It's like a little Petri dish. Uh, you know guys, what this is getting out of hand. Oh, Should we get out of here? You don't have to ask me twice. Count me in. Is it too late to bring back the Jaws franchise? Okay, so scene one. One of the guys in the first movie walks into a restaurant. I don't know any of the names, but here's the point. All of a sudden, he's sitting there, he's drinking a Frappuccino or whatever, you see what I'm saying? And then, oh, I'm a little bit of doctor, I, I dig up bone. Boom! Dinosaur! Tyrannosaurus Rex busts in, only in this movie, we call him Tyrannosaurus Sex. Because if you remember, they're having sex now. So anyway, he starts sipping down his frap, and he's like, what the hell? It's a rah. He comes in, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's like, well, I guess we're all screwed now. The barista's running out of the building. She doesn't even know what to do. We'll and we're back. Extinct. Uh, or we're extinct, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what was, I think, a nice, a nice way to go about how do we bring back this franchise? Clearly, this, this franchise makes a lot of money. I'll tell you how. Dino-human hybrids. <laughs> I got I'll 10 scripts. Here we go. Movie one. Is, there was the idea for a long time. The scripts were being passed around was how do we, how do we put weapons on the dinos? How, do, how does the army and dinosaurs combine make into a script? That, that was the idea for a long time. Translation, how do we sell more toys? Always more toys, because this is going to be a billion-dollar franchise. And which well, is great. Did. This film basically kind of pokes fun at that and saying, like... Right. It's, and it's it almost, does. And not in this so much a parody, like, haha, this is stupid, but it's, like, it's very self-referential. It doesn't ignore the other films, where other ones, like, oh, we're going to reboot it. It's a kind of a soft reboot, but the fact that they're like, yeah, Jurassic World. We, got, we didn't have the park, the world. And the fact that this park has been out for a while, it's doing well, there's no issues... But that people are getting bored with dinosaurs, so we have to create these elaborate hybrid dinosaurs. And it's like, oh, and now uh, Kellogg's is calling the Kelloggosaurus, you know, like things like that. It's <laughs> right. just, it was kind of very funny. I was like, okay, I can see and this it happening. I don't lo- like I said, I don't love world. A lot of it I remember very passively. But what I do like about <laughs> you're it is an, you're an NBC it, looking at those uh, commercials. <laughs> that's exactly where. That's exactly it. I, I was. Uh, oh, the oh, naked truth. Um. Yeah, I appreciate that it's meta and that it, it addresses that it's like, this is part of the world now. It's like, we, we the park was a thing. John Hammond's a person. We all know Ian Malcolm. Uh, uh, San Diego happened. Dinosaurs exist on Earth. Like, yes, I appreciate that now it's a thing and it's a thing that we're, it's here now and we got to make money off it. How do we do it? Yeah, and it. I think it's a smart Overall, this movie has smart storytelling in the idea of the park is a thing. It's successful. John Hammond's dream did work. You know, the new guy was was basically given the reins to now let's make it a reality. And boy, it looks shiny. It looks bright. There's actually like monorails and they have this whole. This is Disney with dinos. It's it's kind of like where the version of, you know, you look at the first park and you're like, 
Okay, they have the Jeep system. This takes it a whole new level. There's a lot of money. That, that was so bare bones to think like, oh, this is all you got, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea that we have, you know, we have a couple of our characters coming back that, you know, like Dr. Wu this whole time. Uh, B.D. Wong, who's such a great actor. And I like that, you know, really, he didn't have like a ton to do in that first Jurassic Park movie. Not at all. But bringing him in for the World Series as this somewhat villainous type character who's like look like he's been he's you been wanted yeah. bigger scarier uh more teeth i think is what you said yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and we find out that this indominus rex which is this frankenstein version of a t-rex a raptor cuttlefish amphibian frogs it has all these properties of traits that are going to make it the ultimate killing machine he's like you can't have all these traits put into a, a dino which you uh, funded you approved for me to make without the qualifying traits. And this thing is really intense. This is they they put more money in the CGI for that than the T-Rex. It actually plays. was more scary than the Spinosaurus. I actually enjoyed it, it more. It's it's a pretty good design. It's not it's not super effective CGI necessarily, but it's a fun design of a crazy ridiculously giant overblown claws. dinosaur. It has, you know, really sharp I love, teeth. I love Maserati. The guy's like, it's white. You didn't tell me it was white. <laughs> yeah. And it's smart. And I like that it is smart. And then also something we had never seen in this franchise done before. We have Chris Pratt here as Owen Grady, who he, after working in the Navy for a long time, and he he's hired to try to train these raptors. This is a really cool thing that they do in this film franchise where they're still raptors. They're still possibly going to kill him at any moment but his style of training them that they maybe could be used as weapons as soldiers is a really cool, you know, concept. And I think that they did do really good CGI with the four Raptors. They all all have like a different color palette a little bit with their, their scales and they look really good. And there's some, actually, there is a few prosthetic, uh, you know, animatronic moments, mostly when their heads are like in the cage and they're being held, um, which now you can go kind of see the same thing over at the, Velocicoaster in Orlando, but I like that idea. Most of this movie is just a, a oh crap, the big scary monster is out, and now we have to try to kill it. No one knows how to kill it because they're all stupid. Yeah, and they have tasers and stuff. They like, yeah, they bring the tasers. You can make down. another one. Yeah. Is the mo- I actually don't know. I'm asking: Is the modern Stan Winston studio as it is now? Are they still doing the the animatronics for the current? Jurassic Park movies? That's a good question. I'm not 100 sure. I have to look that up. I'm doing a research right now. Regardless, what I do know is that regardless, what I do know is that Chris Pratt has to wrangle these dinosaurs so he can get back to his job, being in every movie ever and being the voice of now every animated character ever. (laughs) He's Mario. He's Garfield. Maybe he's Buzz Lightyear. I don't know what he's doing, but he's the voice of every character in Hollywood now. And boy, oh boy, if you want to get hired. Get a job at the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he is doing a lot. Wasn't he um, discovered by Spielberg? He might have been. I think sure. he was. Chris Pratt. Guys, I go down way oh, too many Wikipedia holes when okay. I remember that's, that's things. That's all fun about this, yeah. These are fragments. These are fragments of thoughts. It does say, looking up the thing, that his studio was working on what was at the time Jurassic 4, which eventually became Jurassic World. I mean, right. after his passing, I'm not sure if his team is still working on that technically. Yeah, yeah. As it's mostly, even in continuing to uh, Fallen Kingdom, the dinosaurs are all really CGI now. They are. Because CGI has gotten so much better now. I think they, they realize that it's uh, 
for so much of the movement quality that these dinos have to do with the running, the chasing, you know, we have this whole sequence where the, the Raptors are going to be hunting the Indominus Rex and Chris Pratt's out on his motorcycle. And that whole sequence is really cool. And, and, but then you find out, Oh, it's part Raptor. So now they're kind of on the Indominus side. Cause it's the new alpha. There's a lot of good stuff in the movie. We have to have a kid element, you know, again, actually I would say in a way Jurassic world is also very much like a retread with some new ideas, new concepts in there. We have the great, uh, uh, um, what's his name? What's his name from uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as that character who is the, this is why we're going to make money. And it's always the Apple, 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 you know, that guy's going to (laughs) die. Apply this to uh, the military. Uh, I just saw an animal and human create a bond. (laughs) And then he dies uh, by the Raptor, which is so cool. Um, And the whole end, end sequence of this is so King Kong Godzilla type uh, where I, I do love it. Like we need more teeth. We need more teeth. And, and the T-Rex again, it doesn't look good when it's like head on when it's like on the side, it looks a little better, but this whole fight sequence of the Raptors is kind of joining with the T-Rex to take down the Dominus Rex. And then the giant water thing comes out and kills it in the end Um, is, is so grand and epic. And I'm like, you know, at the time when I first saw this movie, I was like, you know what? For just dumb blockbuster popcorn food, that ending was awesome. Because I'm like, nothing can kill this thing. It's just constantly killing everything for sport. It can't be killed. It's it's interesting, too. I do understand that, the, again, we talked about the rides. I have not, again, I have not been to the one. I really, really should. I've been to Universal. I've just not been on the Jurassic Park ride. I should go on it because from what I understand, much like they've replaced the animatronic dinosaurs with like all CGI from what I get is like, now they have the water dinosaur, the, the, whatever it's called, but it's, but like half of the ride is like led screens. Now it's like, it's just been replaced. Like, but eh, we'll put it on some screens. Yeah. The ride now is, is Jurassic world. And I haven't, I haven't been on it, but I've watched video of it. The first part when you go up the little Hill is you're actually going through a tunnel and on all sides of you are screens. And it actually looks like the giant, What's it called? A mes- what's I think it called? it's a Mesosaurus, I believe. The Mesosaurus, which that thing is scary as hell, is swimming all around you. So it looks like it's going to, and it, at one point it like smashes into the screen. And it looks like the glass is breaking. Sorry, it's a ma- Mosasaurus. Mesosaurus. Mosasaurus. Is different, mm-hmm. so. The rest of the ride, though, come at me. <laughs> is still mostly uh, animatronics. They're just, you know, animatronics have gotten so much better nowadays. So there's a part where the Indominus Rex does pop out and at the very end, which typically is the giant T-Rex coming out to get you. It's now the T-Rex fighting the Dominus Rex as you go down the line. Oh, is it? I didn't and know And it that. is animatronic. Um, so I appreciate that it's still mostly keeping with what that ride was in the first place and not just screens because, man, theme parks love their screens nowadays. But Yes, they do. That damn animatronic T-Rex, though, in person is pretty great. Was oh, yeah. epic. And I just love how it was. you would see the big head, at least here in Hollywood, we had the big head coming down. Kind of like how it attacks the car in that first Jurassic Park movie, but the yeah, ending the of like feet from what I the, understand. Yeah, the thing of it coming down and it just this huge thing coming out of the waterfall and it's almost about to bite you as you're going down the big fall always was a good time. I love. I, I I agree. I remember, honest to God, I remember. God, my grandmother used to get like uh, National Enquirer and the Sun and all of those. You know those dirt rags. You know Bat Boy and shit. But she used to get those and, and I would read those. And I remember before Jurassic Park, the ride became a thing in Orlando. 
there was a story in the sun and it had like concept art of like the shadow of the T-Rex. It was like, oh, Jurassic Park, the ride. And had the shadow of the T-Rex like behind a waterfall with like people in like a, like a little raft. Like, and I, and I remember looking at this thing and thinking like, I got to go ride this ride immediately. I got to go. We got to go to Florida yesterday and I got to <laughs> ride this ride. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good one. We'll, we'll talk about a couple more of the rides uh, uh, in just a bit here. But Jurassic World made money, made money. It, it brought Jurassic Park back to a, a new generation for us who had loved the original movies. It brought back, you know, us to see the movie again. And then we have the continuation of that with Fallen Kingdom. And you guys are going to have to help me out on this one. because <laughs> Now, okay, I will say. Rewatching Fallen Kingdom this week, it was my second time seeing the film. I only Same saw here. it the one time in theaters, and I had not watched it again until this week. Uh, it it makes so much sense, mostly the second half of the film, with what is setting up the meaning, which we're going to get to in a bit here. The thing is, this this film, the idea is it's three years after Jurassic World, so obviously the park has been demolished, doesn't work anymore, as you know, the history repeats itself. And so all these dinosaurs are still just left on the site. And it's like, what are we going to do with these dinosaurs? Well, the volcano, there's a volcano on this. And now it's going to erupt. And I kind of appreciate that they did the volcano sequence because I think it's either Jurassic Park or the Lost World. The book actually ends with a volcano demolishing the whole island. Yes. I read both many, many years ago. I can't remember which one it is, but one of them. It's Lost World. I think it's Lost World. It actually ends with the volcano, like destroying the island. Yeah, because the San, the San Diego thing was entirely made up for the movie, right? Yeah, that was yeah, made up for yeah. the movie. That's Got not it. part of the book series. The thing that makes no sense is why we're at this point where like they have to go through the government to be like, are we going to have any government funding to get these dinosaurs off? Do they deserve to live? But they this all takes they wait until pretty much the volcano is going to erupt to like get this whole like we're introduced to a whole other rich character that apparently was friends with John Hammond that helped set up the original Jurassic Park. Um, and we get introduced to another rich dick who's running his company. And, you know, they're like, no, we want your help to go and we want to get 11 species off the island save these animals. to preserve them, to put them on the sanctuary island that we bought. But we also need the Velociraptor because Blue is currently the last of his kind. And I love how none of them understand that these are rich pricks that are they, they're doing this to, to they want to sell the dinosaurs for, you know, weapons and things. And so her having to go, Bryce Dallas Howard having to go get Chris Evans, uh, Chris Evans, Chris, Chris Evans. Pratt back. And <laughs> Chris they, like, they end, I mean, basically, Chris point, Isaac, Chris yeah, Isaac. They end the first movie like we're in a relationship by part two. They've kind of fallen out, but they're still kind of in together. I know. It's, Don't it's you notice weird. that if you go to an island with someone, you, you fall in love, you break up. Look what happened to Alan Grant and Ellie. We'll find out what happens later. Now, you're talking about Chris Pratt and Blue, right? Because, again, I haven't Blue, seen this yes. movie. They're, so they're in a relationship. Because he trained yeah. Blue from a young age, <laughs> they know that they – no one will define Blue. You just said. Yeah. It was great. What would you say? <laughs> no, he said Blue and Chris were in a relationship. That's they're in a relationship. That's what you're talking sex. about, right? No. <laughs> no. No. Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay, um, so in this movie, the humans yeah. and the dinosaurs, they have sex. They fuck. <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> but I mean, there is a bond there, clearly, you know, uh, uh, okay. why they want to get these dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. The volcano erupts, chaos ensues, many of the dinosaurs die. We have a very sad scene where we see this one lone brontosaurus on the yeah. island. And I was like, 
you know what filmmakers screw you for killing my heartstrings watching this one dino just have to die alone on the oh island. that sucks it is really sad oh it's such a sad scene because they're on a boat escaping and you see like lava and smoke and there's one brontosaurus on the dock and it's like and then it does like a cool it almost mimics in the first movie it jumping up to like eat food and then just smoke embellishes it and it's gone yeah you're like did we have to see that was so sad (laughs) that's pretty sad that's like this is your childhood up in flames (laughs) they learned that the uh (laughs) this whole team they've kidnapped these dinosaurs because they plan to sell them on this black do rich Mm-hmm. military black market and uh i mean we have some great characters in here ted levine who we were taylor was talking about uh is such a idiot like soldier in this and you're gonna get the dinosaur in there we're gonna get the uh raptors uh, <laughs> lovely blue his, there. Uh, yeah. uh and we have toby jones as like this creepy uh i only sell things if it's you know worth millions of dollars and uh rafe's all um who uh is the the creepy guy who's you know running the whole like we have to get this for money money's sake um leading to the second half and why i appreciate the second half of the movie is because it's the first time we've had like dinosaurs not on the island this is like a setup to what dominion's gonna be is what happens if we bring dinosaurs onto the mainland it becomes a very creepy this is where it becomes the horror element comes comes back into play haunted house so. kind of element yeah. right because They've taken the Dominus Rex, which that whole opening sequence of the movie is really cool, where we see the 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 big the big fish. What's it called? I uh, Moses, Mosasaurus. The Mosasaurus they think is dead. It's clearly not. They're there to try to steal one of the Indominus Rex teeth, so they can use that to make an Indoraptor. They want to take the Indominus Rex, shrink it to raptor size, and make it more um, deadly, and make it more intense. So they are trying to do essentially what they tried to do at in Lost World. They're trying to bring them to the mainland once again. Yeah, they, they like bring a eleven species, okay. but not the mainland like park. They're using them just for purely selling them for weapon purposes. Yeah, oh, so they're like, okay, and, okay, and they okay. bring with them from the park. They also have several vials of embryos and you know blood samples. So uh, we'll get to a little bit to why this is going to evolve into Dominion, but. It's, it's this whole black market scene where a bunch of rich pricks show up to this this huge mansion. Does the Barbasol can come back at all in this movie? Not, not yet, not. no. Well, it feels fuck. like it would. It feels like it would, right? But this is kind of maybe the uh, continuation of that. Okay. And that they're they're selling, you know, each dinosaur pops into the to the the big meeting. People are bidding on it millions and millions of dollars. And the Rafe Spall, who's just like, money is like, keep selling it. The Interraptor is supposed to be a prototype. They're only supposed to preview it. Interraptor is, of course, very, very smart. This thing is selling for like over $100 million. So like, yeah, let's sell it. Well, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are like, let's escape. So they use the dino that has like a very hard head. They they use it to try to get out of their jail cell. And this is where chaos ensues. At one point, everyone escapes because this thing is wrecking house. I mean, it's got a really strong head. So when it knocks the person, they like fly off into like, you know, the distance. So all the rich pricks are like, Let's get the hell out of here. Well, the Interraptor's left in the middle of this cage, in the middle of this huge hall. And idiot Ted Levine shows up. And his whole thing is he wants teeth from every dinosaur. That's his little collector <laughs> thing, is he wants a tooth. So always got to play a creep, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was a great big fat If the dino doesn't put the oil the on its skin and gets the hose again. <laughs> he shoots the Interraptor with two things of what's supposed to tranquilize it. 
it pretends to be asleep. He goes in the cage, and then the raptor wakes up, bites his arm off, and then clearly eats him. And so this thing is now out. And I do like this because it's like now we're in this giant mansion with this huge underground lair, and this thing is loose. Mm -hmm. Another plot point that I think was a little dumb that I was like, "Uh, this doesn't really make any sense, but I guess whatever. If we can clone dinosaurs... We have this young girl, Maisie, who is a clone of the, the, Cromwell's the rich, daughter, yeah. right? Um, There's uh, a clone human. in yeah, the movie. Is, There's a is, human clone in this, this movie. This is still a plot point. This is when I first saw it. it kind now, of what like, you see here is you take the clone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, okay, so we can't meld the dinosaurs with the humans, but if we take a human and a human, we can make a clone. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the... the Lockwood, who is played by James Cromwell, who's the, the the really old rich guy in this, who has good intentions, and apparently a friend of Hammond. They are both friends. Ah. They're falling out. Was they both have canes that have the the amber, amber. mosquito thing on it? Um, but Ooh. his his daughter dying. So Maisie, his granddaughter, is a clone of his daughter. Um, and, and so that's I think they wanted to put that in there because the big ending of Fallen Kingdom is after the Raptor has hunted down killed a lot of the rich pricks it chases them down at one point blue comes into play and blue who is a smaller raptor defends his you know his his dad essentially uh owen and he's protecting them at one point there is a wrestling move that is so badass i'm listening if you want to just go on youtube and watch how blue kills the indoraptor yeah they're on top of like what is a ceiling made of glass. It's, it's kind of curved. Mm-hmm. And the Interraptor is trying to hunt and, and get to the girl and Chris Pratt. And then we see in the background, Blue's like about to jump on them. They're trying to get the glass to break because underneath is the big room where there's like fossils. And there is a uh, triceratops skull with, you know, it's two really sharp pointy bones like, you know, like this. Blue basically runs over and like grabs the Indoraptor and is flying in midair. And when they land, the Indoraptor lands perfectly on top of the two. The spikes go right through it. And Blue is in the middle of it and just like instantly kills this thing. So wrestling move here. What are we talking? Canadian Destroyer? Is this a burning hammer? We talking a gotch style pile driver? What do we got? What do we got? Shit, I didn't think I got to look this no up. More than- I got I to gotta look this up now. But while while he's uh while he's looking that up that move to get our technical term, it does end with the dinosaurs are all going to be killed because the cyanide gas is leaking. They have to decide: do they just like we kill them off and stop this now, this madness? And uh, nope, the clone are are I mean, he's like they're just like me. She lets them loose, and then all the dinosaurs are out free in the world. Oh man, it's like a reverse D. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say that's a reverse DDT. I'm gonna say that's a reverse DDT. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. The raptor kills the uh, the blue kills the Indoraptor with a reverse DDT, DDT on, onto on, some onto spikes onto spikes. So epic. But yeah, the movie Got leaves it. off with the dinos have now run out into you know this is this is in California. So now the dinosaurs are out, and we've also had a few of the dinosaurs that have been bought have been already moved to they're being flown to other countries. We're being left off with crap. Now dinosaurs are actually like in California and that was the end of Fallen Kingdom. And now we have Dominion coming out. So Colin Trevorrow back to direct the final movie of the Jurassic World trilogy, but it's also being advertised heavily as the 
end story of what Jurassic Park set up, which to me means one of two things. Either means that we're going to find a way where the dinosaurs can live happily in peace or the dinosaurs will actually be killed off and the end of dinosaurs. Or all the humans are killed off and we're Or, yeah, or dinosaurs rule the world. Or, and we, oh, yes. <laughs> or something survives and we get a new trilogy because we got to make more toys! The oh humans, my gosh. We know this movie's going to make clothes. a billion dollars and so we got to make more movies. But um, it is exciting because we have not only Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard back from and a couple of our Jurassic World characters, but we are getting back uh alan grant ian malcolm and ellie are all coming back from the original so it's the it's the avengers movie of combining all of our characters are old and are new which is such a trend nowadays as we love nostalgia is a powerful drug brother we love this and so uh yeah it's gonna be exciting to see yeah how it all goes it's listed at right now at two and a half hours long so i think it's gonna have uh, plenty of meat to chew on them bones. oh it's a two and a half hour movie aren't they two all these days pretty much yeah um, my god so it's going to be nice and long, but it, it, from the trailers, it does look exciting because I think when you keep going back to the island aesthetic, it gets a little, we've done this. Now we're going to be in like, like there's a scene in the trailer that looks like that Raptors are chasing Chris Pratt at the Vatican. I know. This yeah. is like it's like James. It James looks Park. epic. You know, Park. it looks epic. So I'm, I'm excited for how Dominion will go, what it's going to be. Some, there's some edgy moments where I don't know if all of our OG characters are going to make it out. You know, who knows? Oh, I, I bet they won't. I, yeah, I think one will have to die. Someone's going to die. And I, I will say, like I said, nostalgia is a powerful drug, but I got to admit, I watched this trailer and I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I'm in. Yeah, It looks good. It and looks I mean, this is good. me who hadn't even seen the movie before <laughs> this. Did, and yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I got to catch up now. I mean, of yeah, course, exactly. now that I know that he does a reverse TDT, I've seen it, but whatever. <laughs> in fallen kingdom again after rewatching it it works very well as the second movie of a trilogy that is like how do we go from the dinosaurs being on the island to being out in the real world um and it looks like fallen king i think uh, dominion is supposed to be like four years after fallen kingdom so it's also been plenty of time that the dinosaurs have not only been out in the world they've also you know procreated because as we saw in Jurassic park even though all the dinosaurs are pretty much female they find ways because of that amphibian uh, DNA to, to your blood have kids. So it, there's different variations of some of the, the dinos in Dominion from the trailers. There's going to be a lot of dinosaurs everywhere. So it's going to be very intense and exciting to see what they do with it. You mentioned that scene where it looks like the Raptors are at the Vatican. I, I don't know where they're at, but I'm going to make a bold prediction now. I'm going to say, and I don't know, this is just my prediction. I think that the Raptors in this movie are trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's just my... <laughs> and Nick Cage comes in at the tail end. Yeah, whoa. Riding stop a, the Raptors. He rides yeah. a T-Rex yeah. coming in. Yeah. I'm, here. I'm on an Indominus Rex! That's only my only, uh, my only thing in my contract. I've got to ride a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, i got to fly on a pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd, I'd see that movie. Dude, the I'd watch the fuck The unbearable out of weight of massive T-Rex. Yeah, duty. yeah. The unbearable weight of the dinosaurs are heavy. <laughs> now, apart from the films themselves, which uh, that's, you know, the main part of the series, uh, as we've already kind of talked about a little bit. Yes, there's the theme park attractions. Uh, pretty much every Universal Resort has had some kind of Jurassic Park or now Jurassic World themed area. Uh, mostly the River Adventure ride has been the, the, the true ride where you're kind of going through and living the events of Jurassic Park and eventually ends with, t-rexes and the velociraptors chasing you down 
But now I know like in Beijing, there's a full indoor kind of like Indiana Jones uh, slash dinosaur ride from uh, Animal Kingdom. And the one you mentioned, the Velocicoaster, that was, I did, I did get to do that in Florida's Universal Studios. And that was just pure awesomeness. I was just really like, and I just love how the sound and like, you're like, oh my God. And I'm like, what is happening? Uh, it's intense. It's probably one of the best coasters I've been on. So yeah. That's that, so good. The, the, oh the rides you in crisp. It's so great. You bring it even like, it's not just Florida and California, but across the world. It's just great. Cause it just added to the immersiveness of the, what the, the movies, the idea of the theme park came to be. And I think that's what made it so cool. Like it doesn't matter. Like they put a lot of good money into these rides. Yeah. A little, some of them because just over time and you gotta remember once a water ride, Water rides notoriously take a huge toll on anything electronic over a long time. Some of those dinosaurs did get a little aged and get a little, you know, the neck wouldn't work as well. Yeah. But for the most part, these waterlogged, you know, these waterlogged things, yeah. robots that they've had to touch up over time. But they did do a good job of being like, how do we, how do we take what is iconic about that movie and make it so that it's an experience people can actually do in real life. Um, and that's why the Jurassic Park ride has always been a fun one and people do love it. And I think with the touch-ups that they've done for the Jurassic World series, bringing it, you know, update, modern, it's still not like heavy technology, which I, I love it. I appreciate that it's still trying to be like, let's still make it where you actually, you're next to giant dinosaurs fighting each other as opposed to the screens because screens can be a little uh, uh, boring there. Well, it is smart. If you're going to create a multi-billion dollar franchise, like, and it's like, oh, it, 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 are we going to turn this into a ride? It's like, yeah, make your multi-billion dollar franchise about a ride. It's like, it's literally built in. It's like, well, now you can literally we've, do We the have thing, the blueprints so. uh, for it. Smart, um, yeah, smart mind on that Michael Crichton. Well, un unfortunately, uh, as we're recording this, you know, it ha has passed since then. But what a what great material he created. And it was so great for, I think all of us have gone back to to read them after seeing the film. But it really was, and it's interesting how much more morbid, uh, like the first book was, like pretty much everyone dies in that one, um, to think about like how, you know, it transformed, but such amazing source material. Um, and one little particular aspect of the franchise that I love is of course the video games. And the first video game I was introduced to was arcade style of being in yes. a- uh, being in Chuck a- Chuck E. Cheese. Jeep, Jeep. yeah, Chuck Park. E. Cheese. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and they've, they've, so and the, th those are still rides. It's like you you walk into like it, which I do often walk into like a Dave and Buster's. Uh -huh. That Jurassic Park ride is still a ride. And or the seat I, like I, moves. I'm sorry. And like game. you're going through and having to. I mean, the only thing that's kind of sad is you are killing pretty much every dinosaur you come in contact with. But the T Rex was like a boss, you know, and and it's very scary and fun. And and they've done other versions for like Lost World and stuff, but. That has been a really fun thing that I've always enjoyed going back to. Whenever I see it at an arcade, I'm like, I got to play Jurassic Park because it still holds up as one of the best like games to play. There's been plenty of video games for consoles and even on computer they've done throughout the years. They've actually brought it back. Some of the ones where it was like a kind of a click point adventure where you basically you were um, and they did this a lot of franchises with Back to the Future and everything where you're going back to and you're like a character that was on the island. But basically you have to. Um, avoid and there's actually one it was like a v virtual reality one where you're running from raptors a la like alien isolation where you can't kill them you just have to avoid them which i think there is a lot of potential i would love to see especially with these next gen consoles a very truly scare scary terrifying jurassic park 
game. I just I'm just put it out there, like in a, almost like a self-contained. Also, I would love where you get to play as the T Rex or the Raptors, and your mission is go through and just hunt. And I think they did that where it wasn't like that, but they had one where it was like the dinosaurs were fighting each other. Like you could like oh have your T Rex against the Ankylosaur or something. But I would love to have where you like yeah exactly like you're a raptor hunting humans. That yeah yeah from their point of view. I so here's what I want. I want Grand Theft Island. Where it, you're you're from the point of view of the dinosaurs, but you're you're not trying to destroy things. You just want to drive a jeep. <laughs> you just want to drive a jeep. See what it's like. Put your claws on the wheel and just feel the breeze and go. Put the top down. Pair of sunglasses. Raptor rides off into the distance. That's perfect, right there. I mean, again, if you think about that, the Duran Duran. You ever have had a laser pointer with a cat or a dog? That's essentially, yes, what, that's essentially what the jeep was to the t-rex he wasn't really hungry or she she just uh wanted to play with the just toy chase it yeah. yeah something moves i'm going for it it makes sense did you guys have all the did you guys have all like the action figures and shit i had a few too? of them growing up i, I think a few them. i definitely had a raptor i remember that i think yeah, i had, I had the t-rex but it was like really like the good like rubber like oh my god this feels real i mean 90s uh, oh my god <laughs> yes as he shows it right I, I i have had this here this is one of my one of my one of my pieces of merchandise i i brought to california with me this is the t-rex from the og jurassic park line in like 94 oh my gosh wow. but i had all of it i had the compound i had the dennis nedry with the removable arm that gets <laughs> torn off i had ian and ellie and and dr grant i had all the action figures uh, the jeep uh, the, the, the hood ripped off. It's like, I had all that shit. I had way too much toys as a kid, but great action figures, the toyetic thing. They got me and they'll continue to make all those toys. And I did want to say one last thing, uh, you know, just the, the pop culture, uh, icon that this whole franchise has been, we've, you know, we've seen the T-Rex pop up and other things. Uh, notably one of my favorite cameos is in Wayne world's Wayne's world two when they're out in the, the forest and they're like, do you hear that? And then the T-Rex shows up to like next to the car and they're like, oh, and they just yeah. like take off. Well, yeah, it's a great, that's a great moment in that movie. And what's, what's also been great, you're talking about pop culture. I'm glad you brought this up, Chris. Um, just jump in. I'm thinking about how the, how many memes and gifts because of this. And we talked earlier about Goldblum, just like, uh, or even just like one of the more notable ones, you know, is the Velociraptor where he's like phil, uh, f- uh, philosophy. And it's like him just kind of thinking, and it's just so stupid, but I just love how it's just a raptor. And I actually have, I'm not, I should be wearing them. I actually have these Velociraptor socks where he has that little claw as he's pondering. I wish I, I'm going to bring them on next time. But uh, yeah, I just love the little memes and even just like, just the quotes. It's a very good quotable. Life finds a way, you know, and. Well, and, and Jeff Goldblum recreating the the open shirt laying down meme, like as he is now, like a yes. couple of years or like a year ago, like yeah. when they filmed this. I mean, how <laughs> smart, like know your audience, dude. And he does. And he was, he, he, he is in Fallen Kingdom for all of three minutes and it's a, it's a wasted cameo, but gladly uh, so excited. He's going to be back in Dominion uh, and hopefully full Malcolm uh, uh, Glory. There's going to be uh, open shirt moments in there. And, and, and you know, he's oh, got like a nice, he's rocking that kind of like silver fox look now. And I think it's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. That man, that man has aged well. He's aged and, well. Hey, speaking of age well, Laura Dern, look at her. She be- she like, looks great yeah. too. They all, they all look good. They're you guys be... watch, do you guys watch Twin Peaks? No. Uh, I'm not, but I want to. She's so. just phenomenal in the return. Oh my God. Incredible. You know, I think this this franchise will continue to live on past Dominion. I'm sure, you know, the mo- the money's going to be there and Universal's no fool. They're going to 
they probably will wait some time and i do wonder what uh what what will be the future for this franchise but i don't think we're uh we're far from over because this thing has the power it's there even if it's like a 10-year gap we could have uh some time but you know what i love this series even if it's got uh you know it has its iconic first film it's had some ups and downs since it's in our video games our theme parks our pop culture memes gifts it's going to continue and even down the line you know nowadays with the power of streaming we could see some jurassic park series we could see future movies i think there's going to be room for more uh down the line it really depends on how how much they want to invest in this thing but uh i tell you right now this thing is not going anywhere it's definitely not extinct (laughs) Yes, I, I, and, and dude, frankly, I look forward to the sequel. And God, you know, you are right. I hadn't even thought of that. It's like, well, here comes the Disney Plus series, Compsignathus, the TV show. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even like, I think a lot more they could play into is like a character like Doctor Wu, where we're seeing like why he went from like I, I you know, I like that, especially in Jurassic World. He's like all about like none of this was possible without me hammond had the money but i'm the one who did the science yeah what's the story in between yeah there's i mean there's two movies we haven't heard from him in a long time so that would be interesting yeah he's gonna die he was he was briefly in fallen kingdom but i think he's gonna he's gonna die in in three and uh, it's gonna be exciting but anyway you know what we could talk for ages we can talk all the time but you know what nick we thank you so much for being the podcast today talking about Jurassic park but before i let you go we do have our guest questions for you. So Ooh. we have 10 questions for you. This is like a rapid oh, fire. No math involved. You're going to be fine. I'll start us off. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Well, you know, there's there's two answers. Like if I'm going with a film, I'm probably going to say Reservoir Dogs. But if I'm going with a movie, I'm probably going to say Tim Burton's Batman. Nice. Oh, nicely. nice. Want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> I, I want to get nuts. <laughs> Number two, what is your favorite TV series or TV show? Rocco's Modern Life. Better than any live television series. It's, it's, I don't come back to anything more than I come back to Rocco's Modern Life. It's the best cartoon. It's the best TV series. It's hilarious. It has heart. The voice acting is, everything about that show, I don't, I, I reference that more than almost anything. And I love it. And it's in my brain all the time. I love that show. Love that. Uh, what is a favorite video game or video game series? I'm not much of a gamer, but uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is the one series that I am a huge fan of. Uh, what is a favorite style of music viewers or maybe a favorite artist? Uh, I mean, I'm a rock guy. Uh, I really don't care what anybody says. I'm always going to come back to Weezer. I'm sorry. Hey, my fiance's cousin. That's her favorite. That's his favorite band. Uh, what is a favorite place you've traveled to? You know what I I really love, actually? It's like my favorite getaway. It's so lovely and so trashy. I don't know if you've been, Chris. Catalina Island. Oh, yeah. Catalina. I've been to Catalina. Beautiful. Yeah. It is the greatest fucking place. <laughs> it's like you can go and remember everything and forget everything. And it's just great. I love that place. And it's it's so just the close, trashiest. Yeah. Oh, you get on the little Catalina ferry, Express. Little boat. Yeah. You have a Bloody Mary. You go and you have just a rotten good time. I love it out there. It's ridiculous. You go to the one, you go to the Vons. It's a great trip. Number six, what inspires you or what has inspired you to get where you are today? Literally put something out into the world. I mean, anything. I mean, hopefully you're not a serial killer. That would be a bad thing to put out into the world. But like, other than that, I mean, like 
everyone, that's a broad question because everybody should be inspired to do something. If you're not, if, if you're not trying to put anything out into the world, well, that doesn't mean that you have to be a creative artiste or any of that bullshit. But I mean, just, you know, wake up and make a difference and leave a, a, an imprint, a dino track, leave an imprint <laughs> on the world that wasn't there yesterday. And that's to make it a it's better place than it was yesterday. That's enough for me. That's good. Well, kind of going off of that, what is a piece of advice that you really like or the best advice you've ever received? Uh, become a doctor. <laughs> um, number eight, this is perfect because this is a nerdy podcast. I don't know if you noticed this. What is your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? Oh, I'm like a four. Because oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I always think like, oh, I know a lot of nerdy shit, but then people are talking about Elden Ring and I'm like, dude, I'd rather just pour whiskey and not listen to any of this. So I don't know. I don't know what any of that shit is. Guys, this, this stuff is so over my head. I think I'm nerdy and then I have no idea. We'll, we'll take a four. I'll take uh, a four. What is your, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be food. It could be bad television. I mean, God, I guess it's wrestling. Fuck. Yeah. I guess it is. Well, you okay. did, you did interrupt the episode to look up a wrestling move. So to be yeah. fair, I, I was oh, no, no, no. I knew those. I looked oh, yeah. up yeah. the scene. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. I yeah. know the wrestling moves, baby. I watch AEW every week. Yeah. Okay, on a nerd level of one to 10 wrestling, he's an 11. Okay. Um, maybe I bumped up to a six. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess it's, it's, it's wrestling and cheese whiz. So it's it. those two. Nice. And last but not least, we've already done a little bit of this, but we, we love doing impressions. You know that, Chris and I, and um, I know you do. Give us, what is your best impression? Give us your best one. Oh, I mean, I do a lot. I mean, I have a lot, I have a lot of pretty decent ones. And, it's you know, it's probably not even my best, but we did talk about it. Should we just do it? Should we? Should we all do a gold bloom? Should we just all have uh, a conversation? Yeah. As, oh, great, great. Well, here we go. Guys, I okay. mean, here's, go here's Nick the, first. Here, here's the thing. Uh, uh, you 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 talk about uh, <clears throat> um, dinosaurs, dinosaurs, because you can't just say dinosaurs. You get if you're uh, Jeff Goldblum, you uh, have to think about the way that they uh, their claws and they're running, and then you say uh, uh, dinosaurs, dinosaurs, and 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 there it is. Wow, and there it is. Wow, uh, good good stuff, good stuff there. Uh, uh, and there it is, uh, chaos. Uh, and now we're on a podcast talking uh, <laughs> to each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you two, you two, they, they, they have dinosaurs? <laughs> oh, There's actually oh, dinosaurs oh. on this uh, podcast. Hello? Uh, Did you hear that? Taylor's Taylor's got the... Can you just uh, one time all of us with me? Just... Uh, <laughs> everybody one, at once. two, ow. three... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh we've lost all of our listeners yeah um, no no that <laughs> like, was fun oh, thank you. we love the gold bloom we love the gold bloom and we can't <laughs> wait to have more gold bloom in the next film but thank you nick that was awesome yeah where can people you. follow you if they want to follow you on social media or anywhere oh god guys there's so many places to follow me uh twitter and instagram i am at nick gligger that's n-i-c-k-g-l-i-g-o-r if you want something stupid, you want to laugh, you don't want to think about things, guys, I don't even think. I don't even pay, I don't even know what I'm I don't even pay attention to what I'm tweeting. I just I have a thought, I put it out there. It's probably something about Boston market and then I go to bed. So <laughs> 
Twitter and Instagram at Nick Glitter. Love that. Well, thank you, Nick, so much for being on the podcast today. You are hilarious and quite a hoot. Thank you for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.